All right, all right. Grab your Bibles, grab your Bibles. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter number 12. Hebrews chapter number 12. Everyone grab your Bible. Hebrews chapter 12. And then, and then look up just a few verses to verse 32. 11, chapter 11, verse 32. All right? All right. Everybody good? Everybody having a good week? How many of y'all having a rough week? Rough week? All right. We got a few in here. Got a few in here. All right. All right. It's going to be a, it's going to be a good study. It's going to be a good study. <clears throat> uh, let's see. He is not in here nowhere. Uh, Brother Chris, can you tell, uh, let Dustin know to uh, uh, go to my Facebook and share the Bible study on there? I forgot to do that when I come out, if you don't care. All right, Hebrews chapter 12. What's the very first word? All right, hang on a minute, I forgot. Who needs a lesson? Anybody need a lesson? Everybody got a lesson? Everybody good with a lesson? Man, we're getting good at this. All right, got, got a couple over here. There we go, we'll share them. We got a couple extra there. All right, anybody else need a lesson up in the balcony? Y'all handling up in the balcony? All right. I can see we're a little shade there. All right, here we go. All right, all right. Right here in the front, right here in the front, we got some extras. There we go. All right. Right there. Did you get one? All right, there we go. All right, what's the very first word? What's the very first word of Hebrews chapter number 12? Wherefore. Wherefore. Say it again. Wherefore. Now. When you see that, what you need to do is go back a few verses and read what is wherefore. Amen. Uh, the, the, you know by this word, wherefore, that what you're fixing to read is connected to what you have just read. So if we were reading through, if we we're reading through, and some Bible scholars believe that, that the chapter 12 right there shouldn't even be there. It should be one continuous reading from chapter number 11. Now we all know, we all know just by uh, a previous study of the Bible that Hebrews chapter number 11 is the, is the basically the faith hall of fame, right? It is the Bible hall of faith. It has got a list of those who live by faith and who, who uh, operated by faith, who succeeded by faith, who conquered by faith. Everything about chapter number 11 is about faith and the people that live by faith. Are y'all with me? Say amen. So that is a continuation going into chapter number 12. So let's do this. Let's go back to verse number 32 of verse 11. And, and if you, if you if at home, at home, if you'll go and read at home for your homework tonight, you'll read about Abel and Enoch and Noah and Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Joshua, and Rahab also, uh, who lived by faith and did the great things they did by faith. Now, he says in verse 32, when you get there, say amen. And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel and of the prophets, who through, everybody come on, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong. They waxed valiant in the fight, turned in flight the armies of the aliens. How many of y'all think faith's important? Amen. Through faith, they did all of these things. Women received their dead, raised to life again, and, and others. Now what that means is, is the tone is fixing to change. 
or the description is fixing to change. He is, he is talking about victories and he's talking about conquering and he's talking about winning and he's talking about quenching the fire, talking about the, the, the Hebrew children, uh, shutting the mouths of the lions. We know that would be Daniel. And all these great things where God delivered people from. Are y'all with me? He delivered them from these things, all right? But watch, he says, but, but others, others were tortured. In other words, there were some God delivered out, but then now he's going to talk about some that God delivered through. In other words, I, I, I am glad that there are things that God will save us from. Are y'all with me? I'm glad to know that God had the ability to let the three Hebrew children walk around in the flame and not even be burnt. Nothing but the ropes that bound them was burnt. I'm glad to know and see that that Daniel could go to sleep in a den of lions, full of lions. And God had the power to save and deliver and be what he needed to be for them. But then we are looking at a different situation. God doesn't always take us out of the problem. God doesn't always deliver us from the difficulty, from the tragedy, from, from the heartbreaking situation. Are y'all with me? It says some were tortured, but guess what? In all of them, God brings them through. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial, cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute and afflicted and tormented. Now, now, from man's view, these were not as good as the others that we listed. But look what God says about it. Of whom the world was not worthy. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Amen. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and in caves of the earth. And these all, all of them, the ones that God delivered out and the ones that God brought through, they all obtained a good report through Faith. faith. Receiving not the promise, but God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Now look at this, verse Verse 1, wherefore, because of all that, wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. Now we're going to see what that joy was. And is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him. Think about him. Focus on him. Contemplate him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. Lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Are y'all with me? Say that last verse, that last sentence with me. Lest ye be wearied and faint in your mind. Say it again. 
I want to, I want to, I want to teach tonight. If I don't end up preaching, this is preachable. Amen. This is preachy kind of stuff right here. But I want to teach you tonight about the race of faith. The race of faith. This word race is, is the Greek word agon. Agon, where we get our English word agony. You see, the, the, the race of faith, the Christian race that we are in, it's not a sprint and, and it's not a dash. It's not a 40-yard dash. It is a marathon. And God says in these verses, you, you got to be careful. You got to be careful lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. Now, how many of y'all will be honest that there are some times you are physically just wore out with it? But let me tell you, how many of y'all would agree with me that it's even worse when you're mentally wore out with it? And that's what he's talking about. So let's pray. Let's pray. And, and, and let's, let's, just, let's, just, let's just study a little while. Study a little while. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your blessings, your mercy. Lord, thank you for your word that we have to look at and to study and to, and to, to, to just grow by. <clears throat> I pray that you'll just take your word now and fill us. Lord, fill us with your Holy Spirit to begin with. Control our thoughts and our minds. And, and, and Lord, I pray that you'll uh, give us what we stand in need of tonight. Lord, there's a ton of people in here. And, and they could be anywhere and in a lot of places. Probably wore out and worked all day and just, just wore out with it. But they're here to grow and they're here to learn and they're here to be edified and to be blessed. And I pray that you'll do that very thing. Give me the ability to speak clearly. And Lord, I pray that every person in here can, can, can fully understand everything that, that I need to say tonight. Don't let me forget anything, anything I should, and don't let me say anything I shouldn't. And Lord, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Wherefore, man, Paul, he, 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 he uses... He uses uh, visual illustrations a lot. He uses metaphors a lot. And he, he uses ways to explain what he's trying to teach you and, and how he's describing things. And, and you know, sometimes he will use uh, uh, the description of a soldier. You know, when he wrote about, put on the whole armor of God, said a, a good soldier doesn't entangle himself with the affairs of this life. You know, uh, all this about, about fighting and warfare. And, and, but he, he really... He really loved the, the description of a race. And he talks about running all the time. In, in 1 Corinthians 9, 24, at the top of your notes, it says, Know ye not that they which, come on, they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run, he says, so run that ye may obtain. Galatians 5, 7, ye did run well. Who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth? Philippians 2, 16, Holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. And, and he's talking about the Christian life, the Christian walk. And he's saying this is a race that we are in. This is so important that we get. He is, and, and I told you what the word meant, agon, agony, agony. In other words, sometimes this race is going to get difficult. Sometimes this race is going to get frustrating. Sometimes this race is going to get just downright tiresome and you're going to feel like quitting. You're going to feel like giving in. You're going to feel like throwing in the towel. This is not a dash. It's a marathon and you got to run it with patience. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. And, and, and what's so key about this 
it's not how you start, but how you. And you don't, now listen, you, you don't start a marathon like you do a 40 yard dash. Are y'all with me? Now, what does he say? Run your race with patience, right? Run your race with patience. Now, now when you run this race, he says, make sure and be, come on, make sure and be. Have you ever seen anybody get to the starting blocks and tell the people in a 40 yard dash or a hundred yard sprint, now be patient, right? Because it's all out, go, right? Now watch this. You say, what does this got to do with the Christian life? How many times have y'all seen people, how many times have y'all seen people uh, 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 just jump out the blocks wide open for God and then run out of gas? Man, they're all about it. They're all fired up. They're involved in everything. They're all over Facebook posting uh, verses and everything else. I want you to see how on fire for God they are. And now the FBI can't find them. Any, anybody can, anybody can do that. Anybody can start, but it's not about starting. It's about finishing. And I want to, I want to just give you a couple of things that will help you because I want you to finish. Now think about this. If you've been here, if you've been here more than two years, if you've been here more than two years or, or, or more, you can think of some people right now that you used to sit beside in church every week and they were faithful and now you don't know where they're at. Are y'all with me? You say, well, the church hurt their feelings, the church did this, the church did that. I will, I will submit to you, I will submit to you, I've had my feelings hurt a lot of times in church. But I'm still running. I don't think it's as much as somebody hurt their feelings as much as the race got weary. The race got weary. And it will. That's why he said you got to be careful. And he gave us some encouragement. He gave us some things here that will help us in our race. Now, how many of y'all want to finish? Okay, at least lie to me, okay? How many of y'all want to finish? There we go. All right, all right. Here's the first thing. If you're taking notes, write this down. We're going we're gonna to look at just a few things here that's going to help us with our race. If we're going to finish, if we're going to finish, first we see our obligation. This is what we're going to have to do. Look what he says in verse number one. He says, wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every, what's that word? Come on now. Lay aside every if we're going to run, if we're going to run, we've got an obligation. A, first, we've got an obligation to prepare. We've got an obligation to prepare. You cannot be successful in a, any race you, you run unless you are what? Prepared. Come on, everybody. Unless you are prepared. Prepared. you got to be prepared. Listen, any boxer goes through a season of training. Any runner goes through a season of training. They don't just jump, jump in the race. Okay, I'm going I'm to decide to race today. That doesn't work that way. Now, they may, but they're not going to finish. 
And I, I'm afraid that there are a lot of people that, that come to church and they get involved and they want to just jump right into things and they, they, they don't realize that there's some things that they need to do that will help them finish the race, not just help them finish the race, but we'd be detrimental to them if they don't. We have to prepare. Say that with me. We must now, how do we do that? Look what it says. Look what it says. This is very, and by the way, there's no real deep theological anything in these verses. This is all practical stuff. But if we don't get it, we won't finish. We won't finish. What does he say? How do we prepare? Look at verse one. Let us lay aside every, come on, let us lay aside every, all right, how do we prepare? Number one, by removing. By removing. How many of y'all have seen people run with them, 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 uh, them, them weight, them weight, uh, uh, what do you call them things? Ankle, ankle weights, where they tie it around the ankles and, and then run. All right. I've seen them run and uh, train with a vest, a vest full of weight, sandbags and r- running with that. I, I don't want to run, period, much less with all that on me. Amen. I've even seen them running and training with a parachute tied to them. Y'all seen them running, running across the field and got a parachute back there and they're running against that. And how many of y'all have ever seen anybody line up in the Olympics for a eight, 800 meter or whatever, and, and they've got ankle bracelets on and they've got the vest on with a parachute tied to them, ready to race. You say, oh, preacher, that's silly. It is, it is. I'm just trying to make a point. I'm just trying to make a point. What do they do? They get shed of everything. When they get, when they get, that's right, sister. That's right. I mean, almost to the point of immodesty. Are y'all with me? And the more time has gone by, the more they have taken off. But that's not really the message. That'll be another day. Amen. But the point is, is they're getting rid of all the weight that would encumber them from running the race. Are y'all with me? Now, you say, oh, that's silly. You're talking about putting them weights on and running the race. That's no more silly than us having things in our life that's weighing us down so we can't run our race. Let me give you some. Y'all want to hear something? You want to hear some weights that I have seen that I've not only just experienced in my life, but I've seen in other people's lives. There's some people you need to set aside. You say, what is the weight? It's anything that's encumbering you from running your race. Anything that's hindering you from following the will of God in your life. Anything that will keep you from being successful in your race, there are people that you need to put in your life and there are some people you need to put out of your life. If they bring you or they pull you away from the presence of God and the will of God, they are not your friend. They are a weight that will keep you from finishing your race. I promise you this. There are people that's detrimental to you finishing the race. There's people, but also this, there's patterns. There's patterns. There's habits that we have. Patterns that we, listen, uh, and I'm not going to go into all of them. Y'all know what I'm talking about because God's already convicted of things that you're doing that you need to quit doing. But patterns in our life that's weighing us down. Listen, this doesn't even have to be. This doesn't even have to be a sin because we're not even to that yet. 
That's coming. But do you realize a good thing can be a bad thing in the wrong way? How do you know? How many of y'all believe that? Uh, how many of y'all? How many of y'all in here are are like Martha in the Bible? You're going to be the one in the kitchen cooking and preparing and busy, 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 busy. How many of y'all are like that? How many of y'all are like that? Come on, raise your hand. It's all right. It's all right. Now, how many of y'all would agree those things are important? And those things are good, right? But it became a detriment to her worship. Are y'all with me? Even though it's a good thing, he said, how do you know it's a good thing? Because I love it to be able to sit down and eat. Say amen. And if it wasn't for the Marthas, we'd go hungry. But it caused a weight. Are y'all, does this make sense? Now watch this. Everybody with me? Everybody with me? Look at me. This is, this is a biggie. This is a biggie. This is probably bigger than any of them. Any of them. Any of them. Any of them. If we want to look, if we want to look here, we're going to see something. There's two things. There's two things I want you to, I want you to, I want you to put. One is a past. A past. Some of you, you are allowing your past to cause you problems in your race. You can't keep running because you can't stop looking back at what you did or where you were or what you had. And so you're constantly trying to run and trying to run, but your past is weighing you down. Now, now watch this. I, I had to alliterate it. That's just the way my brain works. But if you'll put this word down, because I'm going to tie these two together. Preferences. You see, here's what Paul is dealing with here. And you say, you're just making this up. No, 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 no. Here in Hebrews, Paul is dealing with Jews that are struggling letting go of where they were to reach out to where they need to be. In other words, the temple was still up at this point. And the Jews were struggling with turning their back on their old way of doing things, their old way of temple worship, all of the old traditions that they had been taught their whole life and all of the things that was ingrained in them and they were being tempted to leave the Christian walk of faith and looking back to the temple and the way of works of Judaism and they were trying to keep from going back to Judaism. Does that make sense? And see, sometimes our run, running our race of faith, when we keep looking back at what used to be, you, you can't look forward to what could be. There. <laughs> we'll edit this out, this part. I remember, I remember growing up, in church and sitting on the, on the front row. And I'd, I'd sit right there. That'd be my seat. And my mom would sit back there. Me and Joe would have to sit there. And, uh, and there was an older gentleman. There was an older gentleman that would get up every time. And, and, and he'd sing a special every week. And he'd start this diatribe of 10 minutes worth of talking about the good old days. About how bad things are now. And about how the good old days in South Georgia. And we used to, bless God, we used to go to church with an umbrella and pray for rain. Because back then we really believed. And it was always about what God had done. Not what God was doing. 
If all you can ever do is complain about the good old days, then you need to get your eyes off the past. Because the same God that did it then, he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And let me tell you the last last words of a dying church, we ain't never done it that way before. You know what? You know what's causing them to fail in their race? The weights of the past. Bless God, I like it such and such a way. Well, that might be so. Just go ahead and throw the dirt on you. I'm preaching. Y'all, might, y'all ain't saying amen as loud as y'all was last week, but I'm going to keep on. I got some more. Church is dying. Dying. And unwilling to change. You know why? They're weighted down with the past and their preferences. And all God's people say it. Traditions, traditions, say it with me, became more important than truth. All right? Since we like that so good, let's move along. Amen? Our patterns, our traditions, our past people in our life. Man, it could be it could be possessions, it could be it could be just just it could be hobbies. Look what it says in in the verse, 2 Timothy 2 3. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with what? The affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. You know what I believe a lot in the modern church? I don't believe, you know, last week, last week we talked about sin in the camp, right? We, talk, we talked about uh, the disobedience of one of the children of Israel and it caused many, like 30-something to die because there was sin in the camp. I, I don't think that's the greatest problem in the modern church today. I don't think it's, it's outright sin. I don't think it's outright rebellion. I think it's, we're getting entangled so much with the affairs of this life. We have scheduled ourselves to the point that we can't serve God because we don't have time. And see, the devil was so masterful in his way of doing this. He didn't cause us to fall into sin. He just made us real busy. We're so busy we can't read our Bible. We're so busy we don't have time to pray. We're so busy we can't witness to our neighbor. We're going to and fro with our hair on fire. And we're wondering, we're wondering why we're getting weary and faint in our mind. You know what he's saying? Lay aside every weight. What's keeping you from serving God? What's keeping you from being successful? What's keeping you from being obedient to Christ? What's keeping you from being what you need to be? You know what he says? Lay it aside. Lay it aside. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you this. Before we go on, and we'll hurry, we'll hurry. There is nothing more important for you than doing the will of God. And if there is anything in your life that's keeping you from fulfilling the will of God in your life, 
You need to. Come on, everybody. I'm just, what's the Bible say? You need to. Lay it aside. All right? Even good things. Even good things. So we prepare. We prepare for this race by removing. All right? Number two. We prepare for this race by repenting. He said, not only lay aside every weight, but he said, and, and, that means this is something different, right? The weight could be good things. It could be beneficial things, but they're hindering you from running. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And, 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 and he didn't just say sins. What's before the word sin? The. Now, I believe, I believe you can apply this with any sin. How many of y'all believe any sin will hinder you? But I believe he's got something more, more specific in mind. Because everything in the chapter before has to do with faith, right? It's the faith hall of fame. It talks about everybody that conquered by faith and won by faith and made it through by faith. And God can, amen, by faith. So, so if there was a specific sin that he's going to follow that with, what do you think the opposite of faith is? Unbelief. Unbelief. You know what he's saying? Do you realize that every sin is connected to unbelief? Every sin is connected to unbelief. Every sin is saying that we believe we're going to get pleasure out of what we're fixing to do, although God said we wouldn't. When the very first sin came into being, do you realize it was unbelief? God, he told them, don't do this, do this. You'll have the time of your life. And, and Satan convinced Eve that God was lying to her. And God was holding out on her. So because of her unbelief, listen, her doubting the word of God, she partook of that sin. And every sin that we have is connected to unbelief. It's the opposite of faith. Now, let's, 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 let's do a little survey. Let's do a little survey. How many of y'all worry a little bit? All right, let's do, how many of y'all lie a little bit? Come on. How many of y'all got kids? Raise your hand if you got kids. Well, then you worry. Right? How much of that worry is connected to unbelief? Listen. How many of y'all know that whatever you sow, you're going to? How many of y'all really believe that? Do we? I'm afraid a lot of us don't. Because if we truly believe we're going to reap it, we wouldn't be sowing it. But he said, lay aside the sin. They're struggling with unbelief. And I, listen, I don't, I don't want to name this. I, I believe he's specifically talking about this because they're struggling so bad with this. They're, 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 they're being so tempted to go back into Judaism. But I want to I I help you with this. Because I'm, I'm, I'm seeing so many struggling Christians that are struggling with their race. They're struggling with their life of faith. 
because they're finding problems and issues and obstacles and, and the devil's throwing everything in their way and, and he's throwing doubt in their way and fear in their way. And, and man, I'm seeing, I'm seeing kids raised up in church their whole life struggling bad, not knowing what to do or how to do because Satan is a master at what he does. And they're struggling with their faith. And I, I, I really believe that because of what he says next. But we've got to learn to set that aside. We've got to learn that we can believe God. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now, we got to repent and say, God, I'm sorry. God, I repent of my, I repent of my unbelief. Then B, write this down. I got I to hurry up and get to number two. Good gracious. We may not get past number two, but that's okay. Number three, we can throw that in later. That's about getting a whooping from God. We don't, we don't need that. We have an obligation, A, to what? Come on, everybody. We have an obligation to prepare. B, we have an obligation to pursue. Now, I'm going to do this hurry. I'm going to do this in a hurry, all right, because I want to get to number two. We have an obligation. We're talking about running our race. We've got, we got, we got to prepare we got to start dealing with areas of our lives that don't need to be there. Get things out of our lives that's, that's weighing us down and, and get streamlined for God. We need to repent of unbelief. We need to repent of the issues in our life that's, that's keeping us from being successful. But then we have to pursue. He said, he said this, let us, let us lay aside. Before he ever said anything, he said, first you got to prepare, right? Let us lay aside every weight in the sin which does so easy to beset us and let us... Come on, let us run, run. Say it with me. Say it again. Say it again. We got to, we got to pursue. Paul said, I'm, I'm pressing toward the mark for the prize. Are y'all with me? You got to pursue. You got to go after it. You got to seek God's will every day. This morning I woke up and I, I prayed, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. God, guide me, direct me, tell me what I need to do. Tell me who I need to speak to. Tell me who I need to witness to. Pursue the will of God in your life. There's two things I want you to write down quickly, quickly, quickly. How does he say to run? How does he say to run? Let us run with, come on, let us run with patience. Let me describe patience. Here's what the definition of patience. The suffering of pain, toil, or afflictions. Watch this. With a... Calm. Any of y'all under conviction yet? <clears throat> now I'm down with the suffering of the pain, toil, and affliction. But I'm struggling with that calm, unruffled temper. Come on. Without murmuring. Oh, help us, Jesus. Or fretfulness. What does that mean? If we're not calm, and we're not whining, and we're not fretting, then we're not running with patience. You know what I learned Sunday? You know what I learned Sunday? I learned I whine too much. 
And I don't keep in my head, I don't keep in my head enough that everything I got is by the grace of God. And I don't deserve anything I got. And whatever I do got, God gave it to me. That's what I learned Sunday. Everybody in here thinks I'm just jumping on everybody's toes. And they talk about bleeding toes. Oh, he's all over our toes. I got to get it three times in my office and twice on Sunday. <laughs> so I don't even want to hear it. Say amen. You know what he's saying here? Just running isn't enough. He said, I want you to run with patience. When it gets difficult, be patient. When it gets tough, be patient. Don't whine. Don't get ruffled. Now watch this. You, you, know, you know what will help you? He says run. That means pursue. Say it with me. Run means to? Pursue. That means you got to go after it. Guys, are you seeking, making an active effort to fulfill the will of God in your life? Are you running your race? But watch this. It says, let us run with patience. What's the next two words? After patience. What's the next two words? Say it slowly. What's the first word? The race. The race. I want you to write this down. First, in the pursuit, I want you to see the type of pursuit. That's with patience. But then the target in pursuit. Preacher, what are you saying? It'll make sense in a minute. Just trust me. Look what it says. 2 Timothy 4. Look under that. 2 Timothy 4, 6. Everybody there? For I am now ready to be offered in the time of my departure is at hand. This is Paul. He's fixing to die. He's fixing to be executed. And he's saying, listen, my, my, I'm done. I'm finished. Man, I'm, I'm ready to go. He says, I have fought a good fight. Watch this now. Watch this now. I have finished my course. My course. Say it with me. He says, run with patience the race. Paul says, my course. You know what I'm getting from that? You know what I believe the Lord is trying to get us to understand? Run your own race. You want me to tell you what? A lot of us are tired. We're running somebody else's race. How many of y'all know, how many of y'all know that the people running, the people running uh, uh, the 100 meters in the Olympics are not the same people who's running the marathon. Because the people running the marathon look like they're half the size of the one running the 100 meters. You with me? Well, what am I trying to say? That's their race. If they tried to run the 100, they'd get blown away. If the one trying to run the 100 is trying to run the marathon, they'll never finish. And you know what we've got today in, in Christianity? We've got people running somebody else's race and wondering why I'm getting tired. Amen. Everybody don't need to be preaching. Everybody don't need to be teaching. God knows everybody don't need to be singing. I need a witness. 
And I don't mean congregationally. I mean in a microphone. Everybody don't need to have an amplified voice in the house of God. Say amen. God didn't give that to them. They don't have that. They don't need to be running that race. That is not the race for them. Are y'all with me? And we get so busy trying to compare ourselves with everybody else, trying to be like everybody else, trying to do what everybody else is doing, and wondering why we're not happy because you're running somebody else's race. That is not your race. You have your own. I'm telling you, I'm built for my race. God put in everything in me that I needed to be able to accomplish the race that he's given me, to be able to accomplish the task that he's given me. Everybody can't do what I do. The greatest day in my life, somebody say amen. I remember when I first started preaching. It was, man, I'm telling you, (laughs) y'all would have loved it because it was very brief in length. I'm talking about minutes worth. Are y'all with me? Four and five minutes worth. And I remember, I remember my dad, he used to preach. And and he, you know, he he was, he's a little bit larger fella back then. And and, and he'd have that suit on and he'd preach so hard. He'd preach so hard that sweat would drip off his tie when he was preaching. I'm talking about one of them wind-sucking, hacking preachers, like a Husqvarna chainsaw. I said, uh, I said, oh, hey, hey, oh, hey, man. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? You'd think he's from the North Carolina mountains, but he wasn't. He's South Floridian. He had sand in his britches. Say amen. And man, I'd always, and all the preachers that I'd ever known, that's the way they were. And man, I thought if you, if you wasn't sweating in the introduction, you wasn't even preaching. You was just a teacher. Because all the preachers I ever known, I'm telling you what, they come out the blocks wide open, and by the time they look like they're fighting a bumblebee through the whole sermon. <laughs> and man, I'm up here nervous and shy, and I'm I'm trying to do. And I remember this. I remember this just like it was yesterday. I remember I said, Dad, I, w- w- when am I gonna holler like you? I said, When am I gonna? When am I going to sweat like you? This is his words. I mean, great spiritual wisdom. He said, son, you don't have enough behind to sweat like me. That was what he said. Didn't have no scripture for that advice at all. Amen. And then he said this. You don't need to be like me. God's already got one of me. He needs you to be you. Just be you and you know what look at your neighbor tell him just be you just be you quit trying to quit trying to run somebody else's race God picked you for your race does this make sense you see you say preacher my race is so hard are you sure you're in your lane Are you sure you're doing what God called you to do and not what you think you're supposed to do because of what somebody else is doing? Let me tell you something. A lot of times, and we probably ain't going to get to point two. But a lot of times people see, I don't know how to word this, because I don't, people see the glory of someone else's ministry. 
And they think, they think, boy, if I can just experience that, that will fulfill me. That will, that will, I will be happy. And, and, and I'm, I'm talking ministry now, but you can use the same principle with somebody else's house. Somebody else's spouse. Somebody, I, I want to keep it in ministry, but you, you get what I'm saying. And I, I found out a long time ago, is Travis in here anywhere? He's in, he's okay. All right. Well, you're close enough. You're his son. <laughs> Travis, he said, preacher, you got to come down here, man. You got to come down here. We was doing a thing in Birmingham. I think you was there that night. Remember when that man got tased for slapping the plate out the man, the other woman's thing? He said, you're going to love it, preacher. This is so awesome. And I'm saying, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> and I get down there and, and man, I'm, I'm dipping soup, buddy. I'm dipping. He said, preacher, put, let somebody else dip that soup. I'm going to come. No, I'm dipping soup. <laughs> and there was an all out brawl. I'm talking about they got in a fight right in front of my soup table. And this little lady cop about this big come around and a big old guy right here. And she said, get down. And she had one of them tasers. And I thought, buddy, if you knew what's fixing to happen to you. <laughs> and I'm talking about cop cars came from everywhere and fire trucks and ambulance. Am I telling the truth? You was there. Travis right all up in the middle of it, just smiling like a possum eating glue. I'm trying to find a hole in the trailer. You know what I learned that day? That ain't my race. (laughs) Travis has come up here and seen some of the stuff we have to do here and some of the stuff we have to deal with. And he's walked out of my office and he just shook his head and said, Preacher, I don't know how you do it. And you know what I tell him? It's not your race. Guys, find God's will for your life. And no matter what anybody else is doing, run your race. And I promise you, it'll change everything. And all God's people say it. Pursue your race. All right, let's get to number two. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. Number one, number one, point number one, our How many of y'all believe we got to prepare before we start? How many of y'all know we need to pursue our own race? Amen. Amen. Number two, we see our inspiration. This is so good. This is so good. Once we get in the race and we start running, we're going to get tired. But he says this, run with patience the race that is set before us. Whatever race is set before me, focus on my race, my lane. Number two, verse number two, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now back up to verse number one. Look to means to consider, to think about, all right? He says, wherefore, wherefore, you remember that? You remember those other verses we read about the faith hall of fame, right? Because of them, he says, wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Now, here's the thing. Two two things I want you to write down. 
What is our inspiration to keep going when we're tired? What is our inspiration to keep going when we feel like quitting? What is our inspiration to keep going when we want to throw in the towel? First is past evidence. Come on, write that down. Past evidence. Past evidence. Now, let me give you the the short version. There are a lot of people that teach and preach these, these verses saying, it says, seeing we also are compassed about. With so great a cloud of witnesses, kind of like the balcony up there. Uh, y'all are, y'all are, y'all are, you're, 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 you're spectating, you're seeing what's happened on here. And, and, and they've, they've applied this as, uh, listen, all the saints that were in the Faith Hall of Fame, they, they up there in heaven and they're looking over on us and they're watching us and they're, they're, they're checking out what we're doing and how we're doing it like they are spectators in this race. That is not the Bible. That is not what that means. They are witnesses, not witnessing what we are doing. They are witnesses to what God has done. Let me say that again. These witnesses, it's all about chapter 11. That's where they're getting that from. Right? Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great. In other words, we got all of this witness. We got all of this witness. Listen, of those who have gone before us. Now, let me, let me apply that. When you don't think you can go another step, when you don't think that you're going to get out of the jam that you're in or you're going to get out of the problem that you're in, you're going to get out of the situation that you're in, all you got to do is look back and, and talk to old Daniel and say, Daniel, do you reckon God can? And Daniel will speak up and Daniel will say, well, I tell you what. I know what he did for me because there was one day they threw me in a den full of lions and I slept all night long and nothing happened to me and God brought me through. And then when you feel like giving up and the fire has just turned up too much in your life, you can talk to them old boys, there's three Hebrew children, and say, do you reckon God can? And they'll say, I tell you what he did for me. I tell you what he did for me. They threw us in the fire when it was lit seven times hotter and it killed the men that threw us in. And we was walking around in the flame and nothing but the ropes that tied us up was burned up. Let me tell you something. God can. Abraham would tell you, God can. Isaac would tell you, God can. Abel would tell you, God can. Sarah would tell you, God can. Joseph would tell you, God can. Joshua would tell you, God can. All of the witnesses would tell you, don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Don't quit. Everything's going to be all right. God did it for us. He'll do it for you. How do I know? Past evidence. Past evidence. If he brought Daniel through the den of lions, if he brought, listen, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego through the flame and fire, I promise you, he can bring you through your issue today. I believe it too, sister. Amen. That's what them witnesses are. Seeing we're compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. What's your problem? Well, preacher, it's not me. It's my kid. Oh, I happen to read about a prodigal son who ended up in a hog pen. But he made it home. Well, what do I do? 
You trust God. And you sit on the porch and get ready to run to him. You can't go to the hog pen because if you pull him out till he hits the bottom, he'll go right back. But you can wait on God and know God is going to do it again. Preacher, I'm facing a financial issue that you just don't understand. Is that right? Financial issue? You know, the disciples, they had a financial issue one time. To pay their taxes. The government's been a pest for a long time. Say amen. Jesus just said, go fishing, boys. And that first fish you catch, you're going you're to find money in that mouth. You go pay the taxes. Preacher, that's, that's kind of silly. Might be. But I tell you this, it encourages me. Let me, let me apply this. Let me, I'm, I'm not saying that you're going to go to Smith Lake and the first striper you catch is going to have some gold in it. I think the whole point is that is God can make finances appear out of nothing. I've, I've had issues in my life and things. I'm thinking, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? And some of y'all, God used to do it. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, now Lord, I know, I know you said to pray and I'm praying. All of a sudden, somebody will just walk by me and shake my hand. And there'll be one of them handshakes. Y'all with me? They say, God just said, amen. I want to bless you. They have no idea. They had no idea the need that I had. The point is, God made it come out of nowhere. Listen, guys, don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. Look at the past evidence. God don't love none of them people in the Old Testament no more than he loves you. He's the same. Let's try that again. What's making you want to quit? What's making you want to throw in a towel? Well, look back. Look what he's already done. Look at the past evidence. Then lastly, lastly, look at the powerful example. If looking at Daniel's not enough, if looking at Abraham's not enough, if looking at Sarah's not enough, if looking at Isaac is not enough, if looking at Jacob and Joseph and Moses and Joshua and Rahab and all those that God brought through the fire and the flame. If none of them are enough, let's look, verse 2. Looking unto, come on, looking unto, the, watch this now, watch how this works. The author and, aren't you glad he put that second word? He didn't just say the one that got all this started. He said the one that can help you finish. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Look to Jesus. Look what he did. Look what he did. It says, for the joy that was set before him, 
endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him, think about this, he says. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. Let me explain verses 2 and 3. Because, because of songwriters, gospel songs, and opinions that were given, I've even said this, which I don't believe is true at this moment. <clears throat> For the joy that was set before him. I've always heard that applied and preached that he's talking about all the sinners getting saved. Is what kept Jesus on the cross. When he was on the cross, come on. But that's not what that means. Because it says what the joy was. Look what it says. Just stay with the verse. Just stay with the verse. It says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He despised the shame of it. He despised the shame of it, but watch, is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. That was the joy. In other words, in the agony, in the pain, in the difficulty, he saw that there was an end to the race. That one day, in just a little while, even though he was in agony, even though he was in pain, even though he was suffering unimaginably, that one day he would be sitting in all of his glory at the right hand of the Father. In other words, there's a purpose for the pain. And now, now, now everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. This is so important that you get this. Everybody look at me. It says, consider him. Think about this, he says. Consider him who endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. Brother Craig Edwards helped me understand that verse. You see, in him was no guile. There was no sin in Jesus. He was perfectly holy, perfectly pure. He was the sinless lamb of God. And it was such a contradiction of who he was when he received the sin of the world and God the Father put all of my sin and your sin, my wickedness, your wickedness, every rape, every murder, every incestuous act, everything you could ever imagine that would make your stomach turn, every sin of man was put on him and it was such a contradiction of his holiness and his righteousness and his purity. But he endured it by faith. He believed that he would sit at the right hand of the Father. And he said, and also, you haven't resisted unto blood. And you know what Paul's saying there? I think there's a little sarcasm there. Where he's saying, you don't have it as bad as you think you do. You haven't resisted unto blood. You haven't given your life for the innocent. He who is innocent 
died for the guilty. If you feel like giving up, look to Jesus. Look what he did. Focus on him. Focus on what he went through. Focus on what he was... And by the way, it says use him as an example. Listen, he focused on what would be that helped him get through what he was going through. Don't focus on your problem. Don't focus on the storm. Don't focus on the struggle. Don't focus on the the issue. Keep your eyes on Him. Does this make sense? Because when you focus more on your problem than you do Him, your problem becomes bigger than Him. In your mind. Not in reality. But that's when fear comes. That's when anxiety comes. That's when frustration and what does it say? Weariness. And faint in your mind. Keep running. Don't quit. Make sure the race that you're in and the, 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 the lane that you're in is your race. And don't look at your problems. Don't look at your issues. Just know he's going to handle them. He's going to make it happen. And all God's people see it. All right, point three is about God whipping you if you don't. That's it in a nutshell. Okay? Go home and read it. Look at it. I'm just telling you. To whom he loveth, he chastens. If you're without chastening, you're a bastard, not a son. That means you're illegitimate. If you belong to Christ and you want to act ignorant and silly, and, and God will get your attention. And all God's people say it. That's the gist of it. All right. Here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. Next week, Lord's willing, if God don't change anything, uh, we, are, we are starting the DMD classes on, on this coming Sunday. That's Disciples Making Disciples, a new ministry that we, we shared two weeks ago with those that cared to come out and hear what it was all about. And it's, it's a ministry training, developing, and teaching people how to be a disciple that makes disciples. All right? What is a disciple? A disciple is one who makes disciples that make disciples. Say that with me. A disciple is one that makes disciples that make disciples. And so we're going to start that this coming Sunday. So uh, I've really been thinking about what we need to do. What's the next book that we need to to go into as far as our our Bible study on Wednesday. And uh, I'm really praying about the book of Acts. The book of Acts. Acts is the Acts of the Apostles, the Acts of the Early Church. It is, the, it is a historical book describing the, the birth and, and the growth of the early church and how we got to where we are today. And you say, preacher, is that going to be exciting? Man, are you kidding? It's got shipwrecks in it. It's got snake bites in it. It's got God killing people right in the church house for lying in it. Somebody say amen. It's all in there. It's got people being stoned and getting up and walking away. And they thought he was dead. They, they tried to kill him by stoning him. And it, he, hey, it's all there. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Now, so be praying about that. Be praying about our DMD ministry. I'm so excited about that and encouraged about that. So uh, uh, let's all stand. Let's all stand. Uh, for some reason, <clears throat> we went over a little bit. <clears throat> so if you got kids, run and get them after we pray and uh, make up. 
an excuse. Something happened. Uh, all right, let's pray. Let's pray. How many of y'all going to keep running? How many of y'all got encouragement tonight? Look at your neighbor real quick and say, don't quit. Say this. It's always. Come on, people. Help me. We're running out of time. It's always. Too soon. To quit. It's always. Too soon. To quit. Hey, anybody can quit. It don't take any, any grit at all to quit. Anybody can do that. Let's be different. Amen. Amen. Lord, bless us tonight. Thank you for your word.